you look at our text this evening, it's on your handout, Psalm 49, 15. Uh, Psalm 49 was written by the sons of Korah. Uh, they were some of David's allies who were remarkable warriors. Uh, they were trained in fighting and killing and yet also in beautiful music. I guess you can have both. Um, and they're addressing the issue of people who find their hope uh, their hope for eternity in the things of this world, making a name for themselves on this earth is their goal. They have buildings named after themselves. They have pomp. They have circumstance. And yet, um, the end of all of these people, rich, poor, is death. Death is the great equalizer of every single person on planet earth. If you have a beating heart here tonight, and I imagine you do, there will come a time when that heart will stop beating. This isn't just uh, me or the psalmist being fatalistic or overly harsh. It is a fact, and it is a fact that we must reflect on more often. So one thing that that Paul was telling the, the, the church at Thessalonica was they needed to prepare well for death, and they needed to be informed about it. You see, we live in a culture that tries to defy this reality. We have creams to make us look younger, pills to make us feel younger, psychology to make us think younger. We put people who are on the verge of death in places where we don't have to see them so that we don't have to stare death in the face. The amount of times I have used the word death in this devotion already might even be causing you to feel uneasy. We don't like to talk about death. Yet our aging bodies give warning to the fact that death is coming. Death is coming. It is inevitable. It is inescapable. Every pain we feel, every part that uh, used to work with ease, now takes a little coaxing. Got to stretch the leg out before you go for a walk. And they're all reminders that death is coming to each one of us. The psalmist has a different view of death. He says, But God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol, for he will receive me. The world might tell you to live it up and make the most of life while you still can, to acquire for yourself as many pleasures of this life as you can, for tomorrow we die. But for the Christian, the hope is after that point. That is when um, the real party starts. (laughs) And so we live through this life with that goal, with that hope, knowing um, that we will be restored with the Lord. And just to be clear, God does not mean for us to not enjoy life. He means for us to enjoy life and enjoy it to the fullest but also to prepare well for death. And I think, friends, if you prepare well for death, you're going to enjoy this life so much more. In fact, I will tell you, if you prepare well for death, your life will be categorically different than if you try to ignore it. Well, how do we do that? How do we prepare well for death? We need to make sure that we have the same confidence that the psalmist has in this passage which is the same confidence that Paul was commending to the church at Thessalonica uh, in our text this morning. We need to make sure that God will ransom our souls from the power of Sheol and he will receive us. 
But how do we know if he will receive you and I? How do we know that? If we trust in the one who defeated death, Jesus Christ, we turn from the thing that caused death in the first place, which was sin, that is how we are received and accepted by God, through faith and repentance. God warned the first man and woman that if they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they would surely die. They were tempted by Satan, and they disobeyed God, and death became a reality. That is the reason death stings so bad, friends, is because there was a time in human existence when death did not exist. That's why it doesn't make any sense. Why have we not gotten used to death yet? Why does it still sting as bad as it does? It's because we're looking forward to a day when there is no more death. And we know that is our hope. What a great hope. If we repent of our sin and we trust in Christ, God will ransom our souls from the power of death. No, not only that, but what will he do when he ransoms your soul? He will receive you to himself. He will receive you to himself. Just like Paul was encouraging the church at Thessalonica from our text this morning, this psalm is reminding us that those who trust in the Lord will be with him. And that is our hope. He is not a distant God who does not know you. He is a God that knows every hair or lack of hair on your head. He knows all your deepest, darkest secrets. He knows your, your deepest joys. And he longs to be in right, restored relationship with you. You can have that same hope and confidence that the psalmist speaks of here this evening. You can have that. You can leave this place with that hope that when you die, God will redeem you from the power of death. And not only that, he's going to welcome you. If you're a parent, you know what it's like when you come home in the evening and you open the front door and your kids welcome you. It usually happens, I think, when they're my kid's age. <laughs> I think it changes as they get older. Oh, dad's home. No, but right now, it's like the universe has just been expanded. My, my favorite toy just walked through the door. Uh, you know, when are we going to wrestle? They welcome you. And God welcomes those who turn from their sin and uh, repent of their sin and trust in Christ. Now, brothers and sisters, what do, we, what do those of us who have this hope do with a passage like this? Those of us who have turned from our sin, we have trusted in Christ, what do we do with this passage? Number one, we rejoice in the fact that God will ransom our souls from the power of Sheol. Rejoice in the fact that you are not alone in that hope. You are not alone in that hope. We, if you are a member of this body, hopefully we pray, we try to make sure that you are a believer in Jesus Christ, if you are a member of this body. We have that hope as a community, not individuals trying to get through life, helping one another up, helping one another, but walking hand in hand with that hope with that different perspective on life, and when we get down in the ditches, when life is dumping on us rain after rain, 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 and bad things are happening, we look to one another and we say, friend, brother, or sister in Christ, rejoice in the fact that my life stinks right now, but your soul and my soul will be ransomed, and God will welcome us into his presence. We should have a special bond as brothers and sisters in Christ, as family of UBC, 
around that fact. The people that we see in our member directory um, are people who have trusted in Christ, and he will receive every face in that book to himself. When you look through that book and you pray for those people, pray that they would have hope in the fact that they will be with Christ one day. Number two, stop trying to ransom your own soul from the power of the grave. In verses 7 and 8, we see that no man can pay the price for their own soul, nor the soul of another. It is too costly. Only one can pay the price for your soul, and he has already done it. It's been done. Payment's been made. You want to be with the Lord one day, Christ died for that. He lived a perfect life, the life you cannot live, even though we try it and we try it and we try it and we try it and we fail and we fail and we fail. He did not fail. He did die and he was raised three days later. And he is the one who has accomplished the ransom for our souls. Yet we often say this, but functionally we do not live like we believe it. Are we as interested in promoting God's glory as we are with promoting our own earthly investments? Your investments might be motivated by work, being as efficient with your life as possible, but in reality, you are covering your obsession with performance, and you're covering it with Christian language. You are silently attempting to work toward your ransom as you work for your retirement. We can obsess over personal time, our own personal enjoyment, As long as we get the rest and relaxation we deserve, all will be well. But family, both our work and our rest are to be accomplished with this verse in mind. We don't ultimately find hope in earthly rewards or pleasures because of our ultimate reward is found in Christ. Again, we don't find ultimate hope in earthly rewards or pleasures because our ultimate reward is found in Christ. We need, to, we need to work well for the glory of God. We need to be efficient with our time, absolutely. But the minute we turn and say that is where we find our joy, our longing, and our purpose is the minute we miss the mark. Another way we might live this out is by trying to find eternal value in our earthly image. Are we okay with letting our bodies age? Or are we obsessed with keeping ourselves looking like, are we, are we obsessed with keeping ourselves looking like death is not on its way? It's okay to grow old. Did you know that? It is okay to grow old. It is okay for my hair to fall out. It is okay for you to have wrinkles. Now, every commercial on TV is going to tell you every problem you have has a pill, a cream, or something else to fix it. But it is okay. We spend our youth wanting to be older, then we reach a certain, some magical number, and we obsess over making ourselves look like we did when we were youth. It's a game you will not win. I am not saying we don't need to take care of ourselves, but we do need to find our ultimate hope in God caring for us, not in our own image. When we die, we will be received by God no matter how many wrinkles we have. No matter which parts work and which parts don't, God will receive us. One thing I have learned uh, with the struggle with my voice should have left this out. (laughs) One thing I've learned with the struggle with my voice is that we cannot hope in a physical trait or talent that we have. You cannot hope in that. 
I have spent my entire life singing. I started voice lessons in eighth grade, went to the U of A on a vocal scholarship, had choir rehearsal every single day for one credit hour. <laughs> uh, my first job after college was leading the singing at First Baptist Elkins. I was there for four years. They put up with me from the ages of 22 to 26. Imagine what that was like. And I have been using my voice daily ever since. But I have come to grips with the fact that even if I lose my voice, God will ransom my soul from the power of Sheol. He will receive me whether I can sing or not. And I don't know what that thing is that you're holding on to, that physical trait, that physical safeguard you have. You might be killing it at work. You might be running the race hard. And you're leaning on that. And what is going to happen when that comes to a screeching halt? I don't know what that is. But ultimately, it will leave you. Each physical disability we encounter is a reminder that our reception with Jesus is closer every day. Every disability we encounter is a reminder that our reception with Jesus is closer every day. To those of you who have cancer, God will ransom your soul from the power of death. He will receive you. To those of you who are single and would like to be married, God will ransom your soul from the power of death and He will receive you. For those of you in a difficult marriage, God will ransom your soul from the power of death he will receive you. To those of you who have trusted in Christ, who are 16 or 90, if you have trusted in Christ, God will, will ransom your soul from the power of death, and He will receive you. Life has its joys and its sorrows, but for the Christian, it can be lived in the hope that we will be received by God, where we will have eternal joy by being in his presence. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the hope, that hope that we do have. Lord, forgive us when we neglect that hope. We neglect reading your word. We neglect studying about you, the one who is we are going to be with for eternity. Lord, we should want to know about you. We should want to spend time with you because one day we will spend every waking moment with you. For eternity, and it will be fantastic. Lord, show us your beauty and your glory and your majesty while we're here on this earth. We do thank you that even though this life um, is not great sometimes, but Lord, in light of reality for the believer, it is okay and it is good because you are good and your love endures forever. And Lord, we look forward to that day when we will be in your presence for eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.